Public Handicapper Podcast, brought to you by DRF Bets. Did you know DRF Bets now has weekly cash back of up to 5% of your wagers? It's also the only wagering platform that allows you to build and submit ticket maker plays. And you can get free DRF PPs just by betting. Sign up now with a deposit of $100 and get another $100 to bet the very next day. To take advantage of this offer, go to publichandicapper.com and click on the DRF Bets banner at the top. It's the only way we get credit for having sent you there. And we need the credit. This podcast covers the four races run every weekend on publichandicapper.com. This is show number 25, August 23rd, 2019. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, it's Travers Week. How do you feel? I'm pretty excited. Uh, It's not too often that you see this many grade one races on a card other than the Breeders Cup. So it's a great day of racing, a real showcase of some of the best horses in training and some pretty tough puzzles to crack in terms of handicapping. So it should be a fun talk today and it should be a great day of racing tomorrow. All right. Uh, finally, we have a special guest on the show today and that is 15 time well, it may be more than that. It, at least 15-time NHC qualifier, Rich Nilsson. Rich, how are you this morning? Great, Scott. I'm excited to be on your uh, podcast. How many times have you qualified for the NHC? It, it is 16 now. 16. Congratulations. How did you qualify this year? Uh, when I was sitting at the table with you guys at Mammoth Park. I uh, hung on for one of the many spots they gave away that day. All right. All right. The Monmouth contest, a great, great contest and a great way to qualify. Absolutely. Uh, Rich, one question that I have for you, since uh, many people may not know, and in fact, I don't know, what is your main tool for handicapping? Well, of course, I worked at Briss uh, for a long time, so I'm I'm a Brissnet guy and always always have been and always I'm sure will be. So that's uh, it's a big part of my handicapping um but i do use drf formulator i do use some other tools um i kind of think you you have to nowadays to to uh keep up with uh, the joneses and uh and to try to have an edge um i'm big into pace handicapping i, I actually have my own program that does a great job of predicting the pace of the of the race and um you know there's of course no one factor um that you can get away with, but uh, that's a big part of my handicapping. All right, great. Well, I look forward to seeing you at the NHC this year again, and we will get started with our races today. The the main four races are the 8th through 11th at Saratoga, which we are going to cover, but we'll also, at the end, we'll cover some of the races beforehand. So we'll start with the 8th at Saratoga. It's the Ballston Spa. 
It's a mile and a 16th on the turf, $400,000, grade two race for fillies and mares, three-year-olds up, three years old and up. Rich, as the, the guest, we'll let you start first. What are you thinking in this race? Well, I think it's a very competitive field. Um, it's a good grade two field, but it's it's not a great, great field. Um, and the horse that I came up with was, uh, of course, one of Chad Brown's horses, and that's the horse on the outside, Masca. Um, I was really impressed with her U.S. debut. She was in an entry-level allowance race at the end of the month um, at Saratoga, and she was kind of expected to win. And she she had a less than ideal trip. She was in all sorts of traffic and trouble. And um, Irad Ortiz got her through got her through that traffic. And she won just wrapped up at the wire. And it was a very deceptive margin. I thought. I mean, she was probably five at least five lengths best in that race. Um, and this is a typical Chad Brown move where they you know he preps them in an allowance race and then moves them up to graded stakes and 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 wins for fun. Um, this horse has a lot of back class. She she lost by three quarters of a length to Homerique, which is another one of those Chad Brown horses that came over from Europe and is, I believe she's a grade two winner and grade one placed um, since coming over to the States. And this filly, uh, uh, you know, was on strides with her over there. So um, I'm expecting a, a good race from this horse and I think she'll be uh you know a square price because there's a lot of horses in this race that are going to take money for one reason or another it's a it, it's a race where it's you you would probably go deep in a lot of cases because you there's not with the exception of probably the one there's not really any easy throwouts in the field so um I'm going with the up and coming uh Chad Brown horse all right and noted that Irad Ortiz keeps the mount on Masha and gives it up on both Scottish jig and significant form. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, nice horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Rich in that this race doesn't have a standout, but it, it, as you expect, would have two or three Chad Brown horses. Of the three, the one that Rich is um, on, I think, is the most obvious it, like you said, it has the Chad Brown fingerprints all over it. And Chad Brown has been getting really overbet um, at Saratoga uh, this year in particular, this meet. Um, so I I agree the horse could win, and it all the things that Rich said are true, but I think it'll be w- way overbet. I, I don't think you'll get a square price on that horse. I think that's going to be the favorite. But I could be wrong, and if it does go off it you know, five or six to one, then that could be a play. Um, of the three Chad Brown horses, I think the one that might get overlooked is 55 because, um, you know, she's was beaten last time at parks um, and doesn't look like your typical Chad Brown horse. I mean, it's not coming from Europe making its, you know, first or second start in the U.S. Those are the kind that... He likes to win within these races. So I think of the three Chad Brown horses, I would probably favor 55 just because I think that'll be the highest price of the three. I believe, Chris, that uh, I know that 55 has entered in a stake today at Saratoga, Friday. 
And uh, I think Chad Brown said he was leaning toward running her there. It's a New York bred stakes. So, so probably uh, that horse is probably going to scratch. Oh, so I wasn't aware of that. And <laughs> given that, uh, I wasn't who I was going to play, but of the three, Chad Brown, that's who I like the most. If that horse doesn't go, then um, uh, definitely can't play him. I think the most likely winner in this race is Starship Jubilee. Um, this is a horse that we've talked about on the pod before. Um, and, you know, she can handle, she, she's better maybe at Woodbine. She hasn't ran in New York before, but she has run well at Gulfstream, so she can ship on occasion and her best race can certainly win this and even though she's seven to two on the morning line i really doubt that she will go off at that low of a price i think she'll be um go off at a higher price given the connections and the chad brown runner so um that's kind of the horse i like this is not a race i'm going to bet but um probably my pick in the race would be starship jubilee Okay, Starship Jubilee, I noted uh, one uh, a big race in Canada right um, on Woodbine Mile Day and is probably going to run in that race again. This is last year. So I wonder if she'll, you know, it's kind of interesting to me that she's shipping here to run in a big stake when I would think that they'd be more interested in prepping for the, the big race that she won last year. Um, I, you know, so I, I have, I have my doubts on, 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 on their intent, but, uh, it does seem a little strange that they would ship to prep. So, uh, certainly on speed figures, she makes complete sense. Uh, besides the horse, I haven't decided who I'm going to pick in this race. I also like Masha, but I'm afraid that horse is going to get completely hammered. And um, I may end up on Indian Blessing, who ran in this race last year, got third in the race. Um, she was rank, and she still got third. She's rounding back into form, and I think she could be really overlooked in the betting and is just as likely to win as Starship Jubilee or Secret Message, who will also be a low price. So... For pod purposes, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Indian Blessing, and we'll see how who I finally ultimately pick on Public Handicapper. Yeah, just a, a couple things on Starship Jubilee. I didn't get a chance to mention. One is that her last race she had some trouble and really didn't get a chance to run her race, so I would kind of toss that one out. And she's been working really well for this race. She's had pretty good amount of time off since their last race and I just can't believe that this is a prep if they would ship her to Saratoga you know for a prep so I, I think she's she's gonna run a good race I don't know if she'll win but her best race fits at seven to two I wouldn't bet her and I probably won't bet this race but um I think she's very likely to run well um uh in here but it's just really hard to tell how the crowd is going to bet this race um although I think the nine will go off as the favorite. Yeah, I would think that as well, but um, that's why all of our bets that we announce on the pod are subject to actual odds. All right, so let's go to the next race, the ninth at Saratoga. It's the personal ensign. It's a grade one, a mile and an eighth on the dirt for 700000 
It's for fillies and mares, three, or, three years old and up. And what are you thinking here, Chris? Well, to me, this is eerily like last year in this race, I think, when we had Abel Tasman any late. Just throw it down for what might have been the race of the year where they just went nose to nose through the stretch and there was a little bit of squeezing and a little bit of bumping and a controversial non-DQ. Um, but Elate ran her eyeballs out in that race. And the year before, she ran a really big race at Saratoga. And she looks primed to run another big race. And uh, her best race is much faster than Midnight Bisu's best race. And she gets a weight break. Um, and I think she's sitting on her best race at her favorite track. So between those two, I think Elate is much the better play and may go off as the second choice. I wouldn't bet it to win, but if you're playing the pick four or pick five, I might take a stand against Midnight Bisu and just go with a late. Um, the, the way the horse I would pick here for a public handicapper, and, and I, a horse I might bet on is the six horse Golden Award. I don't think she can beat those two if they run the races, but maybe one of them doesn't run and she can split the exacta. She's just a very solid consistent horse um you know just always runs a race uh and she's in good form and she has some upside um so and she could be a big price because probably all the win money will go on you know either the two favorites so maybe you could play her to win and to run second behind a late in this race and hope you could beat midnight be soon I don't know if I'll bet this race. Probably not, but um, it should be a fun one to watch. I hope the two favorites um, bring their A game and we get to see something like we saw last year with Elate and Abel Tasman. All right, Rich, where are you going in this race? Um, well, my top pick is Elate. I think there's really no reason that she shouldn't run her race. Um, she seems to, you know, run well at Saratoga, and um, she's in good form. She just crushed Blue Prize, um, who came back to win the other day um, as the favorite. So, I mean, I think it's her race to, to lose. Um, I agree with Chris. I think Golden Award is a dangerous horse. Um, my my value play in the race is she's, she's a Julie. Um, you know, she's probably got the... Uh, the best pedigree for the for the mile and an eighth, which is something that is a knock, a potential knock against uh, Midnight Bisu. Um, she spotted weight um, to both Golden Award and Wildcat in that last race, um, and I just think it wasn't a great um, situation for her. I think she should come back and run um, a better race, um, especially at fairer weights. So. I think she could get a, a you know a big piece of this, uh, and she'll be she'll be probably well she she will be she'll well Coach Rocks I guess will be the longest shot in the race, but she'll she'll be every bit of eight eight to one and up. So that's my value play in the race. All right, I don't have too much to add to what you two gentlemen have uh, opined here. The late does look like the winner to me. I also am interested in Golden Award. I think maybe that could be a nice exacta. I think it's possible that Midnight Bisou runs a clunker 
uh, one reason is because she's carrying the extra weight. Uh, another reason is that she's never won at the distance. And a third reason is I watched her last race and while it looked like she won it easily, she really shut down r super fast on the gallop out. Now that was that really hot day on Haskell day when they ran the race in the evening and uh, you know, Mike Smith might've just been protecting the horse, but it didn't really look good to me to see all these other horses pass her on the gallop out. So I think there's, it's, it's entirely possible for her to run a clunker race and then, uh, and, and then have golden award fill out that exacta. It would be an all Bill Mott exacta and it might pay kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder why would Bill Mott enter this uh, Golden Award in here with Elate already in the race. That's not typically his style. So, um, you know, I think she's sitting on a, a big race, and she's on a fast track. She's never run a bad race. So I I, I think that exact is there's a chance you could get a decent price on that exact. All right, great. So let's move to the 10th race which is a lot more competitive, a lot more competitors. It's the Sword Dancer, a grade one, mile and a half on the turf. The purse is 850,000, and it's on the inner turf for four-year-olds and up. And we'll start uh, with this race. We'll have Rich start it off. Well, I think it's a very competitive uh, race. There's a lot of horses that you can make um, a strong case for. Um, you know, uh, Channel Cat went wire to wire um, at 13 to 1 last time, and he has a chance to do the same thing again um, tomorrow. I mean, he's uh, he could definitely control the pace. There's not that much pace in the race. Um, there's probably a little bit more than there was last time, but not, uh, not that much. And you got one of the best gate riders in the country, young Louis Sayas. Um, so I think he's very dangerous. Um, to pull the repeat victory, but he's he's actually not my top pick. Um, I I hated Sadler's Joy um, last time out, and apparently a lot of other people did too because he went off at like eight to one, and I, I believe he was the morning line favorite or, or one of the favorites. Um, and it was just a really tough spot to make your uh, return from the Breeders' Cup. I mean, he hadn't run in in over eight months. Um, and he ran really well. He had a lot of trouble. Um, he got he ran six, got beat a length and a quarter for all the money. Um, he should move forward, I think, in a big way off that race. And uh, he loves Saratoga, loves the distance. Um, you know, he's he's a solid, solid horse at this level. And I just think the move forward um, could put him at the winner's circle, and he's going to be. You know, he'll be, you know, four or five to one, very possibly five to one, um, which is a decent price. I don't I don't love him, but I think he's just because it's a very competitive field um, and I'm not getting 10 or 12 to one. But I think he's got a big shot to to win this race. All right. Sadler's Joy. Um, I, I like him a lot as well. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, again, we have three Chad Brown horses in this race, um, and he does get over bet. So I think there might be some value in other horses like Sadler's Joy. 
Uh, just one thing on the pace, though. Um, Chad Brown starting to enter rabbits. Since he has so many horses, he, I guess they figured he might as well use one as a rabbit. And I'm sure the one horse will get sent to the lead. That's the only reason he's in the race. So I don't see Channel Cat going wire to wire, but that that's not... Channel Cat had never been on the lead in his life until the last race, and that was just because there was no pace and he had an outside post. I think he much prefers to stock the early pace. So I think uh, the one and the two horse looks like kind of a cheap speed horse. I'm not sure why it's in the race, but it'll probably be a pace factor early on. So I think the one and the two will go out and set a reasonable pace, if not a fast pace. Um, and I think Channel Cat will sit third in behind those two and get a perfect trip. And, you know, I've been a fan of this horse. I picked him on the pod last time. Um, I think the farther they go, the better he is. And this is another extra, I think, what, another eighth of a mile than um, he ran last time. He still he won that race, um, but he still has a better race in him. I don't think we've seen his best. I think and that we'll see that in this race. So to me, I'm hoping everyone thinks that was a fluke, and they bet the Chad Brown horses um, because I think Channel Cat is you know the most likely winner in here and, and should trip out. And he was really game last time. He got headed by Yacht Primo and then he came back and won. And it just says a lot, lot to like about him. I think the other channel horse, Channel Maker, he, he runs well at Saratoga and at this distance. And he might get overlooked just because he hasn't won um, his last few races. He hasn't run as well as he has um, some other times. Um, but I, I'm a Channel Cat fan here. Um, I kind of like Rich's horse, Sadler's Joy, I think. Now, second off a layoff, this is time to play him and. Uh, he does need a pace, and I think, like I said, that will be a, a pretty reasonable pace given the rabbit in the race. So, you know, I could see Channel Cat um, with Sadler's Joy and Channel Maker as being the way to play this race and hope you can beat um, the Chad Brown horses. But it, it'll be a, a fun race to watch. Yeah, I agree with you about the pace, Chris. I mean, I think that's a excellent point. The one and the two are definitely going to go. All right. Well, I'm 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 glad you guys think there will be a pace. Uh, as of right now, I am also on Sadler's Joy. One of the reasons why I like him is that the trainer mentioned in an interview that that this horse is training better than he ever has. And if you watch that last race, he got a nice trip. He was stuck behind a wall of horses, couldn't get through, but it was okay because he was really prepping for this race. This is the race that he he won two years ago. He always runs his best number in this particular race, and now he's second off a layoff. Uh, the other, the other thing is kind of a karma angle, and that is that Javier Castellano has ridden this horse six times in a row and not won with him. And it just, it only figures that the day he takes off to ride Annals of Time, that's when Sadler's Joy is going to win. So, so I'm going to be playing that karma angle. I also like Channel Cat. And I would use those two, Sadler's Joy, Channel Cat, and Annals of Time, even though he's going to be a little bit over bet. He's the kind of horse that is the kind of Chad that can, you know, can hit at a low price, even though he's being over bet. So that's where I'm going to land on those three. Yeah, he's in light, too. He's getting away with a big weight break. Yeah, 118 is very low. Or a grade one winner, yeah. 
Okay, so let's go to the 11th race. It's the big one, the Travers. It's a grade one, mile and a quarter on dirt with a purse of 1.25 million for three-year-olds. Chris, what are you thinking? I'm thinking this will be a good race. I mean, we've got um, a good mix of horses, some, you know, really proven uh, in the Triple Crown uh, races, some that are kind of the, the new shooter types with some upside. Uh, and so I think it'll be a real interesting race. Uh, I've always been felt like Tacitus was the best horse, the best three-year-old. So I think he's the most likely winner but I don't think he'll be any value. He's definitely not the one you want to bet to win in here. He's the morning line favorite. Uh, I'm not sure he'll go off as the favorite. And Code of Honor is getting a lot of buzz. And Mucho Gusto with Baffert um, uh, will take money as well. Um, but I think Tacitus is the most likely winner, but not the one to bet. So looking for a bet, I narrowed it down to two horses. Um, one is Owendale, who I've been a fan on and picked uh, on the pod. I think in the Preakness, uh, I thought he was the one to play. He ran pretty well. Uh, didn't win that day. Didn't get the best of trips, but he always runs his race. You know, Brad Cox in about three years will be at the, the same level as in maybe not Chad Brown right now, but you know. The Pletcher Brown, he's he's the next Chad, you know, Todd Pletcher, Chad Brown. He just hasn't quite got the same level of stock, but he will. And, you know, he's been a pretty phenomenal trainer so far in his career. And I think he'll have this horse ready to roll from the rail. But um, given his running style, you know, he will need a little bit of racing luck. And the rail hasn't always been the place to be at Saratoga this summer. So that's something to keep your eye on. Um, it's often been better to be, you know, on the outer, wider out on the track. But if uh, it's a fair track and Owendale gets a trip, I think he could run a big race. And since he's not at the same level of some of these in terms of recognition, he may float up above his morning line. But the uh, horse I like, um, I'm always looking for the upside in these horses, is looking at bikinis who ran a really fast race with a two-year-old and then went on the shelf for something went wrong, some sort of physical problem. I'm not sure what it was, but he came back and he ran really big off the bench in his first start as a three-year-old and last out, um, he didn't run as well, but he caught one of those dead rails that there have been at Saratoga this meet. Um, so I'll forgive him for that. And he's bred, he's by looking at Lucky, who's kind of a sneaky, good, long distance sire. So I think he'll actually do well at a mile and a quarter, giving his breeding. And there's not a lot of pace in here. Uh, other than Mucho Gusto there's and Tax, there's really not much other pace. And I don't think either one of those want to be on the lead. And I think they might let looking at bikinis get the lead. I know the trainer of tax says he'll he'll go and he kind of has to from that 12 hole but tax isn't that fast i mean he has some tactical speed but i don't think he has nearly the speed that looking at bikinis does so i think looking at bikinis could be on the lead when they head into the first turn and he may hang on and he should be a good price even though he's a chad brown horse i think highest honors the other chad brown will take 
more of the money in here. Um, and with all the other big name horses in here, looking at bikinis could be double digit odds. So, you know, that's kind of my price play looking at bikinis in Owendale. Uh, probably use Tacitus um, because I think he's the most likely winner in exotics. But that's what I'm seeing in this race. One thing I'll add about looking at bikinis, which I really like, is that in his last race, it was not only muddy, not only was he on the inside on a dead rail, but it was his first time going two turns. And often horses, especially when they, they don't have that much rest, when they go two turns the first time, especially after a big number, which looking at Bikini's first race this year was, they, they react and they have a bad race. They almost always improve off the best race second time two turns. So he's going to be a factor. He's not my top pick, but um, but I absolutely do think that he's got a shot to win, and he can also w fill in the exotics uh, vertically. Rich, what are you thinking here? Well, I, I want to spice up the show a little bit because, um, I mean, I, I love you guys and respect you guys, but, boy, I'm, I don't give looking at bikinis any chance. Um, I, I understand it was a dead rail um, that was well documented. I thought but... we were already spicing up the show with looking <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to make it a little more controversial. Um, he ran 49 and 1, 114 flat, and he spit the bit like uh, an allowance horse. Um, I mean, that's going to have to be some dead rail because um, I thought it was a, it was a weak performance. Um, I, I wasn't impressed with his race before that. Um, I mean, he ran a 90 brisk speed figure in that, in that win as the odds on favorite, which doesn't even put him in the, in the ballpark in this, in this field. And I understand he's a three year old and they improved dramatically, but I just don't see, I just don't see how he's good enough. Um, you know, I don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree with Chris on the looking at lucky, the pedigree is there. Um, but he's going to be over bet just because he's Chad Brown um, and he's third off a layoff and he ran over the track and everybody knows about the dead rail um, but I just I just don't even with the favorable pace scenario I, I really don't like his chances um, in this race so anyway that's my little <laughs> interjection on that I just don't think he's fast enough or good enough um, now the pace scenario is totally. I totally agree again with uh, what Chris said, and I believe you said Scott. Um, there's not that much pace in the race, um, which I think makes uh, mucho gusto dangerous. Um, you got Joe Talamo coming in to ride, so he's going to sit a favorable trip. He, yeah, there's no way he's going to be six to one because of Bob Baffert, and everyone knows about the horse had a good work at Del Mar, and so on. Um, Tacitus is definitely going to be the favorite. I mean, even though Code of Honor will take money, um, Tacitus will be favored. He had a terrible trip in the Jim Dandy as far as the start. I mean, he lost all chance at the start, and he still ran a huge race. So is he, I guess the question that's going to be answered tomorrow, is he a horse that continues to come up with excuses, or does he, uh, you know, finally come through i mean this is a horse that won three races in a row at one point so i think he's just had some unlucky situations um 
the Belmont, he had a very wide trip and ran a huge race to a horse that had a dream trip. Um, so my top pick is Tacitus. Um, I think he's a deserving favorite. He's the horse to beat. Um, my sleeper in this race is a horse that I think is going to get a, a really sneaky good trip, and that's the three-horse highest honors. Um, on the brisk pace figures, this horse has really good tactical speed, um, especially in the middle part of the race. So, And you got Luis Saez and an inside post. So all of that puts, puts this horse within four lengths of the lead um, throughout the race, and I think that makes him uh, very dangerous. And he's, he's also got arguably the best pedigree um, for a mile and a quarter in the field. And in these type of races, three-year-olds, mile and a quarter, um, where horses haven't run a mile and a quarter, or most of them haven't run a mile and a quarter, um, I think he moves forward um, at a mile and a quarter. And I think he, um, you know, the fact he has a race over the track and he's second off a layoff, um, you know, gives him, um, you know, a big shot at a, at a, at a good price in this race. I mean, I, because it's Chad Brown, he's going to take some money, but I'd be surprised if he wasn't at least seven or eight to one. So, um, I've got Tacitus over, uh, highest honors in this race. Okay. Um, it's yeah. funny because I, I hate highest honors. Um, I think <laughs> looking fitting. at bikinis is going to blow highest honors doors. They're not even, it's not even going to be close. Who's so, going to blow his doors? Uh, looking at Bikinis is a much better horse than Highest Smackdown. Honors. Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown. Highest Honors just had the track and the mud last time. I, side horse. bet. Sounds like a side yeah. bet. Yeah, we definitely yeah. need a head-to-head bet on this, Chris. But the thing is, we're 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 talking trash on horses that are, could be double-digit odds, which is always silly. Um, I mean, both of them, if you like them, are probably good plays, but... Head to head, I definitely would like looking at bikinis um, over highest honors. Yeah, but only one has a chance. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can decide what the uh, the side bet wager will be on this uh, particular head to head, and I will just mention that I am going to stay with Tax. Uh, he last time I was pounding the table because I thought there was no way he was going to lose, and he he ran well and he won. He did get some help from Tacitus stumbling, and that's probably not going to happen again. I'm assuming that Tacitus is not going to get into trouble this time. But I think he's developing as a racehorse, and he matched his top in his last race. He ran fast as a two-year-old, and he's got a real tactical edge. I mean, the pace is not going to be that fast. If somebody decides to go, Tax can rate just off of them. There's plenty of space to get position on the, on the first turn. Um, his workouts are sensational. I mean, you know, he ran a, like a 47-1 bullet in between since the since the Jim Dandy, and he's going to be at least six to one. He's six to one on public handicapper right now. I don't hear anybody talking about this horse as a potential winner. Uh, he's he's my uh, you know he's not a pound the table win. And I'm definitely not going to single him in the pick five, but he is my choice in the race. Uh, and I think that Tacitus and Owen Dale, I would include both of them. And I would also include Code of Honor. And I will use looking at bikinis underneath. I agree with you about what you're saying about Tax, Scott. I mean, no one's talking about him. I threw him out 
because I don't like his post um, with the tactical speed horses to his inside. Um, but it's hard. His Jim Dandy was great. I mean, even with Tacitus trouble, and you you, you can't um, you can't knock that effort. He's in good form. So, and I think you'll get every bit of uh, five or six to one on him. Well, I, I should hope so. He's six to one on public handicapper, and they they liked him on public handicapper in the Jim Dandy. He was like five to one or uh, five to two or three to one, and now they have him at six to one. So he's probably going to go off higher than the six to one. He, yeah, he could very well. There's a lot of horses in this race that are going to take money. So, right. any comments, Chris, from you on tax? Um, I've always been a fan. I just think last time was you you had him on the right day. I think he's. He's up against it from that post, even with his tactical speed. Um, I think he's going to get a wide trip. And he, he hasn't really put two big races together in a row. I, he tends to react a little to his big efforts. And so, you know, I think he's got good races in him still. I just, from a betting standpoint, six or seven to one doesn't interest me at all. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he hits the board or something. But, you know, I just think. The, the time to bet him was the, the time you had him last time out um, and probably again sometime in the future. Um, just I just don't like the setup for him in this race. Um, I don't think he's coming into it the right way. He's coming off a big race and, you know, that 12 hole, um, uh, it's not for me. I, I don't, I like the horse. I just don't like him as a bet in this race. Yeah, it is noted that uh, he has significantly reacted to every big effort um, and you know that will temper my betting on him but but you know if he's six to one and then if he drips higher then I'm gonna get a lot more interested all right um, yeah I mean it's always price yeah if he jumps drifts way up then I get a little more interested in, and, and I'm not saying I wouldn't use him just you know I I think like a horse like Owendale who would probably be a better price is much more likely to run a good race and get a good trip than tax. Um, so right. that's kind of where I am on that. All right. So we're doing pretty good on time. So we might as well run through the other stakes on this um, incredible card, starting with the fifth race, which is the Forgo presented by on for Boston Harbor. It's a grade one, seven furlongs. Um, Rich, did you? Uh, I, I know we didn't prepare you ahead of time to talk about these races, uh, but I also know you have handicapped them. So, who did you like in the fifth race? Um, I like Promises Fulfilled. I, I think he has an edge on Matoli in this particular spot um, because he he's he loves Saratoga. Um, he runs his best at Seven Furlongs and at Saratoga. Um, he's obviously going to be much better value, um, or at least I think he will be, than Matoli. Matoli, you know, he, he's been phenomenal. Um, I know he had some excuses in the last race, but he also looked like a horse that was over the top. Um, it's hard to second-guess Asmussen, but I, it seems like they're kind of running him into the ground. Now, he might prove me wrong and crush, crush this field tomorrow. Um, but I think the value is with promises fulfilled and the one long shot is, uh, Bon Raison. He was a horse that I was, uh, sick and disgusted with myself that I didn't, uh, bet him in the Saratoga contest. 
um, on August 9th. Um, he ran a really great race, and there's no reason he shouldn't um, run well again. So um, whether that whether he's good enough to get a big enough piece of this race, that remains to be uh, to be seen. But um, I think he's the the uh, you know the long shot to use in the field. All right, Chris, where did you land in this race? I pretty much echo everything that Rich said. Um, I think there is a chance that the two favorites could get in a not knockdown, drag out battle on the front end and maybe set it up for someone like Bone Raison, who you did have in that contest. I think, Scott, that was probably your highlight of that um, weekend. Well, it got me 12th place, but no prize money, unfortunately. No prize money. But that was a good pick. And the horse um, certainly uh, could benefit from a speed duel up front. Uh, the other horse I'm a little interested in kind of along the same lines is Airstrike, um, who I picked on, on the pod before at a price and he won. Um, you know, he really need he, he ran at six furlongs last time. I didn't like him. He really needs at least seven furlongs, probably even a one-turn mile would be best. But I always like these horses from the West Coast shipping east. Um, especially the sprinters and you know he does need a pace set up which he should get uh i don't think either airstrike or bone raison are as good as matoli or promises fulfilled you know they're not in the same at the same level but you know pace can make the race and i just gotta believe they're going to take it to one another i you know i just can't believe one of them's gonna let the other one get get loose um and it is seven furlongs so uh, it could get crazy at the end, um, and we could get a, a long shot closer, um, and maybe it could be either Bonra Zone or Airstrike. Well, I'll echo your thoughts on Airstrike. He, to me, looks like the price horse to use in this race. Uh, he's coming off a, an O2X pattern on the sheets, the O being his top, which was at Lone Star, going two turns. He won his next race where you picked him on the pod at uh, 12 to 1. He won, but he reacted by two points. And then his last race, he ran poorly. And that was, like you said, uh, not his ideal distance. And I haven't watched the race, but it does say bit crowded at the start on the running line. So, so I think he certainly has a long shot chance. Uh, Rich, to, to your point on Matoli, I have not watched the replay of that race, but it says he hit the gate at the start, and he was also he bumped his foe, so that could be enough to have thrown him off of stride. So I would absolutely use this horse if I'm doing any betting on the race. But I also wrote past the race, so so I'm not going to be betting it directly. Maybe I'll 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 play it in an early pick five if. If I find it playable, um, yeah, I noticed the same thing, Scott, and I, I uh, have been meaning to go back and watch the uh, to start because, uh, you know, I didn't like the fact he was breaking from the rail that day, and when you couple that with uh, hitting the gate, you know, could very well be a legitimate um, excuse for him. Well, right. and the rail was not good that day, so I mean, he mm -hmm. does have some excuses, but he could be over the top anyway. Um, because he should have beat that field. Yeah, I, you know, 
we'll we'll see. Let's let's see what Henry Illinois West thinks. If he's uh, if he's still on board with Matoli, then uh, I consider him a must use. I, I do think Promises Fulfilled is going to react. He ran a giant race just like he did last year, and he's going to react. And that's just uh, the way I'm I'm figuring it. But again, I'm not going to have a lot of money on this race, if any at all. All right, let's move to the next race, which is the Ballerina. It's also seven furlongs. It's a grade one for Phillies and Mares, three and up. And Chris, where did you where did you land here? Well, my, my biggest opinion on this race is I don't like the favorite come dancing. I think this is a horse that's definitely over the top. Um, and reacted to a really big race earlier in the year and, and probably needs some time off before she gets back to her best races. So if she's an odds-on, that makes the race interesting. The problem for me is I'm not sure who I like um, if I don't like her. Um, probably, you know, I, I just don't have a strong opinion after that. I, if I had to pick a winner... I probably would have to go with the second choice, the Chad Brown horse separation of powers who will also get over bet. So from a betting standpoint, I don't know where I would go in here. Maybe me a mischief if, if they overlook her or maybe Don the destroyer who hasn't really run well lately, but has some big back figures and um, has been working well and had a tough trip last time out. So yeah, I guess I'd have to lean on Don the Destroyer as a possible long shot bomb in here. Um, but again, my big opinion is I just don't like the favorite at all. All right. I also don't have a strong opinion in this race. I, I really haven't decided. I think Come Dancing does have a shot just because she's working up. If you look at her workouts, they're faster than she's ever worked out before. So, yeah, she may be over the top, and those are just, you know, mm-hmm workouts or she may be ready to run her biggest race so this is another race that i'll probably pass i i like both separation of powers and mia mischief those would be my two plays if i was in a contest i would if i was doing this as part of public handicap or any other contest i would choose mia mischief who uh, runs bang up races plenty of them and her last race was an off race but that's okay. She's she's allowed to have an off race every once in a while. All right, and then I guess we'll Rich. go. We'll go to wait, the wait, next. Wait, Rich. Yeah, Rich already. Yes, oh no, he didn't. No, no, he hasn't. He didn't win. Win. I was looking. I was looking at the other race, and I thought Rich has already made his uh, selection of promises fulfilled. So sorry about that, Rich. Didn't mean to. Didn't mean to skip over. I thought you, you cut me off after looking at bikinis thing. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> No, I, I, I like separation of powers in this race. I was really impressed um, with her win in the uh, the Bed of Roses. And even though that says it's a grade three, it was a much better field than that. Um, she just absolutely crushed Shalon, who broke my heart in the Breeders' Cup uh, last fall at big, big odds. Um, but she it was just a really nice comeback race. Um she was just really, really dominated. And I think they've been pointing to this race. And uh, she's another horse that, you know, loves Saratoga. She's two for three with a third. Um, so she'll be co-favorite. Um, I, I like her better than the favorite in this race. I think she's got a big, big shot. 
All right. Okay, then we'll move on then to the the last stake that uh, that we're covering, which lands on the seventh race. It's the H. Allen Jerkins Stakes at seven furlongs, also a grade one for three-year-olds. Chris, what do you think? Well, I think Chancelot is a running fool freak um, for sure. It doesn't mean I think that's a horse to bet, but uh, 121 buyer is pretty fast for a three-year-old. That last race was just freaky good. He had worked out, had some freakish workouts before that race, um, and he ran to his works. And obviously, if he runs back to that race, he wins this race easily. Um, uh, the question is, will he, um, and you know, that, that's what the whole race is about is, will he run back to anything close to that? If so, they're all running for second. You know, I think, uh, it's, there's a a good chance he might not. I mean, that's not, you never see a horse run that fast or a three-year-old this time of year. So the likelihood that he can run that fast twice in a row, that it didn't take something out of him. It's not like he's had a lot of time to recover from that race. Um, and he was definitely, you know, they were pointed to that race and, you know, they were, the rider was still getting into the horse, even late deep in the stretch, even though he was way ahead of everybody. So, you know, that race had to take something out of him. Uh, he has had a good workout since then. He might just be a freak that can string together a couple of races like that. You know, if he if he does that again, then we'll know we're watching something that we a special kind of horse that's just faster than you know most. But from a betting standpoint, I think you can maybe take a shot against him in here if you're playing. You know, pick fours and pick fives. I don't think you can toss this horse, but. Um, in the race itself, I think you can look for a long shot and then may- maybe play it defensively underneath an exacta to cover yourself with chance a lot. And there's w- two horses I like, one quite a bit. Uh, the horse I'm looking at to play in here is Mind Control, who at, was a really nice horse, and and you know he's run some really good races. I thought he was probably the best sprinter in the crop. Um, once they took him off the Triple Crown Trail. But he's been kind of unlucky in his last two starts. Um, he was in against uh, several of the other horses in this race uh, a while back at uh, Belmont, uh, the race that Hog Creek Hustle won, um, which is a, it was a pod pick for me and, and the, the other horse I like in this race. But Mind Control had just a brutal trip. He got left at the gate. He rushed up on the outside when the rail was where he wanted to be. Um, he kind of made a middle move and almost got to the lead, and then he got wiped out by Hog Creek Hustle and just kind of took up and didn't really run the rest of that race. So I think that one's a complete toss. And they shifted to Laurel where you'd expect that he would win, but he had another really rough trip um, and got beat a neck. Uh, but he, he, when he finally got clear at the end of that race, he finished up pretty well. So... I think you can toss his last two races. And before that, I thought he was, you know, the best sprinter in this crop. So I don't think there's any reason to think he couldn't run back to his races earlier in the year with a good trip. He has tactical speed, but he's not a need to lead type. 
Um, so any of the horses on the front end that want to chase chance a lot are probably going to get cooked. Um, I think he could sit a perfect stocking trip um, and get first run on chance a lot. If he does stop, if he doesn't, I think he could run second behind him. So um, I'm all about mind control. And also, you know, I can't um, leave Hog Creek Hustle out. He'll be closing fast. Um, he was the only horse that day that came around horses to win. Um, I thought that was a really good race. That race has come up pretty strong. A couple horses have come out of that race and won um, since, including Baracho, who's in this race. So um, I think I'm willing to try to win, play uh, mind control to win, and save under chance a lot and use Hog Creek Hustle. So that's kind of, I'm hoping maybe to get a mind control win in here at a price. All right, Rich, where did you land in the Allen Jerkins? Um, well, I definitely echo everything Chris said about uh, chance a lot and, and uh, mind control. Um, mind control is definitely an interesting uh, long shot that I would think would run well in this spot. Um, chance a lot, I mean, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Bayer and his crew actually lowered that number, um, adjusted that number down to something somewhat reasonable because, I mean, that performance was um, one of the most breathtaking efforts I've ever seen in my life. Um, I mean, this horse broke the six furlong track record in a six and a half furlong race in the fractional splits. So it, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, I thought he was going to bounce to the moon last time. He had an outside post with a lot of speed to his inside and he cleared that field like it was a piece of cake. Um, so it was, it was really a phenomenal performance and he's in a, actually a, a much better pace scenario. This race, the only horse that has the numbers to run with him um, is the two horse uh, call Paul. Um, and I say the numbers, I mean the brisk pace figures. And I'm very skeptical that he, that he in real life, that he can run with them um, because he's not a horse that always goes to the front. So there's a good chance chance lot's going to be um, in front and dictating the pace. And it's, it's, it's going to be hard to see him uh, losing in that situation. Um, so, I, I mean, I, the two long shots that interested me the most in this race uh, were, were mind control um, and Baracho. I was really impressed. Uh, I've been impressed with their recent races and, um, th those would be the horses I would use in the exotics. All right. Uh, well, I don't really have anything to add. I like mind control and Baracho. I'm going to look at that Chancelot race. I'm going to do whatever I can to try to beat him, but chances are, and, and I would like to play the pick five. So, I, you know, Somehow, I don't want to play the pick five with Chancelot and a couple of other horses. I, I'm not sure how I can pull that off. Um, I'll definitely have multiple tickets where, it, where I would use Chancelot with all long shots in the in the rest of the legs. What were you going to say? I was just going to input. This is one of those rare. This could be one of those rare situations. You don't see it very often, especially at a big track, but where the pick four pays more than the pick five. Because if Chancelot wins, um, he's going to be so heavily bet to start um, the pick five. It 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 is. I I mean I agree with you. It's very it's very hard to start a pick five using Chancelot. 
It, um, actually, yeah. Then, if, if I don't think if I don't think I can beat Chancellot, then it's time to skip the pick five. That's yeah. Yeah, that's one of my right. favorite things is to try to beat a horse like Chancellot in the pick sure. five because you get tremendous value if you can beat a heavy favorite in that first leg. Oh, everybody absolutely. tries to turn it into a pick four, and everyone knows you know that that horse is unbeatable. So I absolutely agree with what Rich said. If you if you think you have to include chance a lot, don't play the pick five, just play the pick four. Um, but if you think chance a lot could be beat, then play a little pick five, you know, not using him and you'll really get rewarded. I mean, that that's the way you play it. Um, just one anomaly kind of uh, interesting thing. The three races we just talked about are all grade one, seven furlong races all in a row. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Three, seven furlong races all in succession on a card and they're all grade one races so that's that's really well, weird but the, it'll the figures, be a the figures for those races should be tight oh spot on i was gonna say it's a figure maker's dream because the weather's finally good it's supposed to be a good forecast so yeah this will be one where you probably can trust the figures so if chancelot runs another freaky fast race um i don't think they'll be able to play with the figure they'll probably have to to give him whatever he ends up with so we'll get a good chance to see if he does run his race, how good he is, because you'll be able to compare him to horses like Matoli and Promises Fulfilled and Come Dancing and Separation of Power. So, you know, that'll be interesting to, to, to see just those three races in succession. It's pretty unusual. So you're, you're predicting a 135 buyer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to expect from that horse. I probably will be betting against him. But, you know, like you said, that last race was a jaw dropper. Um, the last race I can remember like that was Arrogate and his Travers was the last time I saw a three-year-old that just made you say, wow, um, when you watch the race. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to put it in perspective, and this is using Sheets methodology, Chancelot last race ran three lengths faster than Matoli has ever run. So, okay. I mean, you know, that's, that's if the figures are right. And, you know, I, he hasn't, you know, Arrogate then went on to take three months off and he ran in the Breeders' Cup Classic. He didn't even have a prep. So Baffert gave him plenty of time off. Whereas in this scenario, Chancelot doesn't get a lot of time off. I think it's four weeks. So if he's, so he's, he's much more likely to be vulnerable and he stretches a little bit and he's high weight. So I'm going to do my darnest to try to beat him. Yeah, I think this is, it's worth taking a shot. You may get hammered. You know, he could run, but then take a shot against him next time. Cause if he runs another monster race, two races in a row like that, you know, that has to take his toll. So, um, you know, to me, you take a shot against him here. And if he beats you, you take a shot against him next time out because the next time out, they'll really hammer him. Right. Because um, if he runs another monster race, so, yeah, uh, I also noted that in his workouts, Chancelot actually got a work in at Saratoga last time. And, you know, that helped him acclimate and he doesn't have a workout showing at least uh, unless, you know, one came in the, you know, the last couple of days. So that's another reason to think like, hey, maybe, you know, he's not he, he's they're going to just have him coming straight off the van. I don't know that, but it's just, it's just something that I noticed 
and another reason to think that maybe he's vulnerable, maybe. Well, yeah, that workout at Saratoga, I don't remember, I tweeted that uh, out and, and tagged you on that. He went 43 and change for the half mile on that workout. I mean, this horse is a freak. I mean, I'd never seen a workout where the horse went 43 and change for half. And he galloped out in 111, I think, for six furlongs. But, you know, this horse is fast. He's fast. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps up all of our races. Uh, do you gentlemen have any final thoughts? Rich? Um, no, just excited that it's going to be, uh, you know, beautiful weather, dry, dry track. Wish I was, wish I was there on Saturday. It's going to be a awesome card. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about Saratoga that's a negative is the weather. So the fact on their biggest day, it looks like they're going to have a great forecast just makes it that much more, um, special and interesting and exciting. And as a race fan and as a horse player, you know, these are the kind of days you live for is what we're going to have tomorrow at Saratoga. And it's going to be a long day at Saratoga. They start at 1135 and they don't finish until about 7 p.m. So, Which, yeah, there's a reason you got to pick your spots. And, <laughs> and then you have Del Mar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if you have a bad day at Saratoga, you can always do Del Mar. All right. So that's going to wrap up the pH pod for this week. Thanks uh, to Chris for co-hosting. Thanks to Rich for being our guest. And thank all of our listeners for listening. Uh, We'll wrap it up as usual with the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Cheers. Cheers.